my cup. And welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I am your host, Judy Gold, and this week we have part two of my interview with the one and only Dee Snyder, who, you know, twisted sister, what a life he has had. I hope you enjoyed part one, because I loved talking to him. I couldn't wait to air this episode. And then, of course, I text him, and I'm like, oh, you know, we're airing the episode this week, and he's on vacation. So there you go, because that's the story of my life. I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful story, his story. And, you know, it's, it's uplifting, and it gives you hope and determination. I want you to enjoy that. I, I am actually... You are here, you know, this this episode is posting as I leave for Sweden. I'm going to Sweden. I'm going to Sweden to the Gothenburg Book Fair uh, for my book. Yes, I can say that when it comes to the, when, it, when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. But of course, you know, there are going to be all these amazing authors there. So I'm going to feel like so like imposter syndrome, like, oh, you wrote this book about that. And I'm just writing about free speech. But anyway, it should be fun. Elisa is not going with me, so that's not good because I get very uptight around not being able to communicate with people. But, you know, it's an adventure. And then, guess what? I get to talk about the adventure on next week's rant. So I'm coming from Sweden. I'm going to have a lot to say. Uh, So as you're listening to this, I am being frustrated because I don't speak Swedish. But I will have Swedish meatballs for you and those little Swedish fruit things, okay? So anyway, sit back, relax. Please enjoy part one. And and FYI, I mean part two, sorry, I meant part two. (laughs) I'm losing my mind. Just uh, so you know, when I get back, I'll be going to P-Town for Women's Week, uh, October 9th through the 14th, then on the 15th, I'm in Stamford, Connecticut for the Israel Cancer Research Fund Gala. I got a lot going on. Then on October 21st, I am in Fort Lauderdale at the Sunshine Cathedral. And on the 28th, if you're any in any of these places, Pottstown, Pennsylvania, I'm going to be at Soldiers Inside Sunnybrook. So that's on the 28th. So Pennsylvania on the t- 28th. Fort Lauderdale on the 21st, Stamford, Connecticut on the 15th, Provincetown, Massachusetts, the week of the 9th, and then, baby, oh, and the week before that, this week, I am in Sweden. So sit, speed in, so sit the back, relax, and enjoy part two of my interview with the one and only Dee Snyder. Okay, so you have more children, and then... You go bankrupt. Yeah. I mean. Twice. 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 And you cannot feed your kids. You are riding a bike to work and hiding your face so that people aren't like, wait, aren't you? I mean, because you're very recognizable. You can't hide this face. Yeah. You can't hide this face. I mean, I've been skiing with only this sticking out with a mask (laughs) on and a helmet. And people are like, yo, (laughs) dude. What the hell? What's sticking out? Is my nose showing? Um, and there's the nose is showing too, so it's more like that, uh, which is a giveaway. 
Um, yeah, I would, say I'm the Jay, okay. I would say I'm the Jay Leno of uh, heavy yeah. metal. Uh, you know, you gotta, and uh, yeah, but I lose everything by, by 1990. Now, mind you, the band broke in 84, 85. Five years later, it's all gone. I am I'm gone, and we're living in a rented house, and I get a job answering phones um, at, a desk, at a desk job uh, for it was getting $200 a week cash. Remember, that was uh, like in the pocket. And I only had one car. So I had the car, so I'm riding a bicycle to work, bringing a bag lunch. And people are walking in the office and going, oh, my hair's pulled back right. and stuff, but this is showing. Right. And they're going, aren't you decider? And I'm lying because I'm so right. embarrassed and humiliated. I, and I, I go, no, no, no. Well, no, I just look like them. They go, wow, it's uncanny. Yeah. It's uncanny, man. And I go, yeah, right. If only, because people couldn't imagine that you could have millions and blow it all. And I wasn't high. I wasn't drunk. It wasn't embezzled. It wasn't any of that stuff. I just was living like a rock star. And when the bottom falls out, you don't want to believe it's over. So that same ego that drove you to, to stick with it, you keep saying, you start borrowing right, advancing right. against future royalties, going, the next album, the next tour is going to fix it. And when it doesn't, one day people stop loaning you money. And when I had a year where I had zero dollars income. Oh, zero dollars income. And I had three kids. Do you, you know, you, you talk about putting, putting these flyers on these cars uh, for Suzette to do hair and makeup and make, well, this is again, Suzette, you know, I, one thing I never for a minute thought she would leave me. And I, when I had nothing, she was there through it all. When I had everything, she was there in spite of it. She sometimes says that was the worst time. Right. Those eighties when I suddenly became like this, right. this, this monster. Uh, and when I lost everything, I didn't think she was a leave She went and worked in a salon. Uh, I you know, stayed with the kids. And on weekends, uh, for a hundred bucks, she was doing weddings, hair and mm -hmm. makeup at weddings. But I would go out at, uh, to these, um, these wedding, uh, what they call them, where you go to a, a hall, you, you pick the, the caterers for the yeah. wedding. I forget what they call them. The fairs, wedding yeah. fairs. And I would fly her car windows, you know, with Suzette's information so that she could get work. I'm whoring out my wife. And uh, yeah, and, and you're referencing my opening my of book. Of the frats, yeah. I am being chased through, well, not frats. I'm, I'm oh, actually the other book. I've read, the I've read too much I'm in too short a period of time. Being, yeah. That's my memoir, Shut Up yeah. and Give Me the Mic. I've been chased through a parking lot at a, at a wedding hall uh, by security, and I'm running not because I'm afraid I'm going to go to a wedding hall jail. I'm afraid they're going recognize to recognize you. me and say, what are you doing? Flyering cars in a parking right. lot. I, another guy flying says, man, you're really fast. You want a job? <laughs> but I'm being fast because I just want to get yeah, out yeah, of there yeah. before people know That's right. Me. I read that. Yeah. Do you. You know, this is humbling. Humbling is good for a what, man. I'll yeah, tell you that. I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, what that felt like. Like, I, I look at people, you know, like Joan Rivers, who lost everything. Her husband died. She was persona oh, she non grata. She couldn't get a fucking job. Like, what did it feel like to be this father, this icon? How did you wake up in the morning and continue? I mean, did you know it's going to work out? Or, or was it just like, I am responsible for these other people and I, I got to stop thinking about myself? Well, I was, I was living a, a very much a double life. Right. Because to the to what was left, I mind is the '90s. This is the grunge era. Mm -hmm. So add on top yeah, of that, all, that yeah. you know, 
I got the uh, one day I come in as a memo. Uh, we're not doing what you do anymore. Yeah, like they did like, with disco. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now we're not singing like you. Yeah. We're not looking like you. We're not writing songs like you. We're not performing like you. We're not dressing like you. There's nothing you do that we're interested in. They would talk about bottoming out and being second, you know, and being broke and riding. That's riding that bicycle. And but I'm still trying to stay connected to music. I'm going to events and you know the hair's out and you know, I'm still trying to, con- you know, I'm trying to not let people know the truth. You know, I was doing Howard Stern was always a great friend, uh, and I'm still doing his show, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know that by day I'm answering phones in an wow. office, and you know, and 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 uh, but I'm still coming on a show and acting like he's because to to him to the world whether my music was on the radio or not I was still a rock right. star, and his presu- assumption that you know once set, you know, once you achieved it you're set for life. Right, which is not the truth of it. Not for most of us. The the uh, Ozzy Eltons, Eric Clapton's, yeah. Stevie Nicks's of the world are the point zero 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 one percenters who have a lifetime career. Most of us get a few years, and then you know, and you're left to going and playing bars, you know, doing your classic rock right. for the rest of your life. Do you, know? you ever? So, so it was really tough. Do you ever? Have you ever gone back and listened to those radio interviews? No, not that I. Not that I'm. Uh, I'm. For any reason that I wouldn't. Right. No, I just uh, was wondering. I mean, I God, what a. I, I hear people because it's on the best of Stern. They play all of the right. people always be coming back. When there was a time where I'd be on three days a week. Yeah. I would I would go to Howard's house in the morning and we'd drive with his limo yeah. and uh, and then we we I'd go there and do the show and then ride back with them and I was gone so regularly I was almost a member of. The crew right. for a while. Yeah, I remember. There. And uh, so there's a lot of people constantly saying, you, know, was, you guys were so good together. And also, here are these two guys who everyone thinks are just like these radicals, and they're just family guys. They're just, you know. That was our bond. Right. We, he grew up in Roosevelt. Right. I grew up in Baldwin. He was a year older than me. He was married to Allison, had Emily. Right. I was married to Suzette, had, uh, had Jesse. And then he proceeded. And for a the years we were hanging together, we were very similar. Right. Wild by that day, him, I'm wild by night, he's wild by day, but we go home and we were family right. guys. And so we had a great, and then we proceeded to have more children. He had two more girls. I had two more boys. He stopped allowing my boys to be around right. his girls because uh, they were, now they were growing yeah. up and Emily and Jesse were kind of, how you doing? Yeah. And I was like, but then um, what happened, people say, what happened to you guys? He got divorced. Yeah. And became the divorce guy. And I was still a married right. guy. As the horse guy, he was hanging out guy, and he started partying again. And, and, and God bless him. And he wound up going out with a model right. and marrying a model. I remember one time we hung out together, and uh, she said she felt like she was cheating on Allison. Oh, it's that weird thing yeah, about yeah. divorces, like who gets right. who in the divorce. And she became really right. good friends with Allison, right. his wife. And, um, and, she, and it felt weird. So, it, you I know, Al, Howard's life went in another direction, and I stayed the same dude. So you write a song, a Christmas song for your wife, okay, called The Magic of Christmas Day. God bless us all. Yes. And you get a phone call that Celine Dion wants to record this song. Right. And you just got to point out to people, Suzette asked me to write her a Christmas song. I wrote her one. Not what, a heavy metal guy writing yeah. a Christmas song. It's such a beautiful you know, song. Uh, 
it wasn't for commercial right. use. Yeah. It was like a gift for right. her. But years, a few years later, now I'm in the I'm in the career. I'm in the basement. I'm literally, I got the call. I was in the basement. I had a folding table <laughs> with my desk and I'm writing screenplays. I'm trying right. to figure out a new, some way escape out of this hell yeah. I'm in. I get the call that they played the song for Celine Dion and she wants to put it on her holiday record or Christmas album. And that yeah. gets you out of debt. Well, we call the house the house St. Celine built. <laughs> and, and don't ever speak ill of Celine. As a matter of fact, and, and so the first thing I said when they told me, Celine wants to record your wife's Christmas song. I said, does she know who wrote it? <laughs> yeah. And I said, we didn't tell her yet. I said, well, do not tell her Satan wrote her Christmas song. <laughs> I, I was like, I was so fearful that she would go, oh, I've got to distance myself, you know, from that guy because she was so, you know, whatever she was. And uh, yeah, so that record that that is on is called uh, These Are Special Times. It's the biggest selling holiday time in Unbelievable. history. So 14 million copies. Have you ever spoken to her about it? No. I'm, That's crazy. Never, I don't know if she knows. Still don't know if she knows. Uh, I was in Canada and I got a diamond award for, you know, 10 times platinum. Right. I mean, in Canada, they like issue a copy of that record right. at birth. So, you know, yeah, that was one of those turnaround moments, pull us out of the darkness, um, along with things like doing voiceover right. work. I mean, I started. I did voiceover work, and that was a godsend. I was the voice of MSNBC for right. a while, uh, and I remember they had to break the news to MSNBC that Dee Snyder was the voice they picked because they auditioned over tapes, and then they picked my voice, and they were going, "Yeah, just one thing in full disclosure, <laughs> your, your your voice of your network is the guy from Twisted right. Sister, you know." But hey, tonight at eight on MSNBC yeah. in the line of fire with Ashley Banfield, <laughs> uh, you know. So I. I you know, and that paid the bills. It's great. I, I just, I love that story. Hey, everyone. You know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity, and eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week, you have over 35 options to choose from. They have Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto. I just did Chef's Choice. 60 or more add ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep, there's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, 
delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay. Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50 to get 50% off. That's code Judy Gold 50 at factormeals.com slash Judy Gold 50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. Okay. I really want to talk about free speech, which is, you know, I live for free speech. You are a free speech advocate. Your description in front of the Senate, when you talk about lyrics that they, you know, they had taken all your lyrics out of context and put them in, you know, different order. And the, the idea of interpretation, which I say a lot, look, you can be offended by a joke, but that doesn't mean that that was the intent of the comedian. The comedian is telling this joke. And if you're taking their intent out and you decide, okay, this one word bothers me. So I'm not going to listen to the whole thing because now I'm, I'm triggered. Then you're the asshole. You you're, you know, losing out Or with comedy, the selectiveness of what offends you. Right. Uh, again, going back to Howard, hit the bell. Um, he had somebody call in one time and they were like, Howard, you know, yeah. Long, Long Island, New Jersey people. Howard, I love your show. I listen every day. I list, I love everything. But today you talked about autism and that crossed the line. And Howard said this, and I, I said, he said, let me understand this. You listen every day. Yes, I do. And you let la- you laugh at all. I make fun of everybody and you laugh and you laugh until today. I spoke about, I made fun of somebody that, that was personal to you and bothered you. He said, no, he said, stop listening to my show. He said, I could respect you more if at least you said, I don't like anything you do. Right. But to say that you, that you would listen to everything and selectively pick certain things out that bother you, that's, you're an asshole. Right. And, 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 and I said, and that's where, how people are with comedy. They're laughing, they're laughing. And then somebody's, they're laughing at everybody right. else's, joke, everybody else's expense. But all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. You're saying something that, that's personal to me now. No, it's either all funny or none of right. it's Right. And it's like, it doesn't happen in music. It's like, you know, you don't go to a concert and, you know, you're, you're a fan of the band and then they decide to do some new songs at the concert and you don't like the songs. You don't say that that band should never perform again, you know? No, but I would like to say that we see you going to the people out there. I'm talking to the yeah. audience. We see you leaving to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I, I, say, I say it's like Pavlovian. These words, I said, if you've got a problem going to urinating, these words will set you free. This is one off the new album. Good right. God, you can sleep out. That's hilarious. Everybody suddenly, hey, I'm going to get a beer while I'm right. out there. We see you streaming out right. of the room. I remember seeing Led Zeppelin play Cashmere at Madison Square Garden, probably their biggest song of all time, but the album hadn't been released yet. They went into Cashmere. Half the audience got up and left to go to the Stuck bathroom while they were playing us because they didn't know the song and it just sounded like a big This mishmash. is why Billy Joel sells out stadium after stadium after stadium because it's just his greatest hits. 
Yeah, no, no new yeah. songs. But oh, wait. I saw Elton John saying I was going to play new material yeah. in the new tour, and he was worried. They said you're no, and 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 Paul McCartney says he sees people's eyes glass over the minute you do something from the new right. album. It's like it's all, all of a sudden people are like Ugh. yeah. So we get our you own get version. Of, but it's yeah, like we we're, we're doing the work in front of you and you're fucking turning on us. It's like, no, we haven't. Oh, you're the bold. Uh, by the way, I'm friends with a lot of comedians. No more. I, it's the most dangerous job in the world. I have the most respect for comedians. I've been friends with so many. I, you guys are just there with, you know, a, a dick in your yeah, hand, basically. Pretty much. Uh, there's no wall of sound protecting you. It's no band, five guys up on the stage. Right. There's no, it's just, I'm, so much respect for what you do. It's the most dangerous thing. I in the love world. it. I love it. Um, Billy Joel said, "Being rich and famous is tough. Being poor and famous must really suck." Okay, thank you for that, Billy. Um, well, we were talking about we were talking about the uh, Bernard. What's his name? The the subway. Oh, Bernard Getz. Getz, and how he became like tabloid right. fodder. And he was haunt, haunt, haunted. He was in the news, and he was saying he was famous. Right. But he was just like, was he a post office worker or yeah. something? It stabbed somebody with a screwdriver. Whose kids were were picking yeah. on him, and he said, "That's what he said." He said, "Man, being rich and famous is tough. Right. Being poor and famous must suck. Yeah. You got no limo to jump yeah. into. You got no bodyguard to to ward off people. You know." Okay, um, you recently got. I don't know how. I, I mean, I. I'm a member of the LGBTQ plus community and I'm a fan of yours and I loved how you handled. So you, you, you spoke, you agreed with someone on Twitter regarding gender. Children deciding gender orientation at, at, at single digits right. in elementary school. Right. Uh, and, and, and that, uh, Blew up my face. I was on vacation in the morning. I said, "Yeah, I agree with that." And, and I came back in the evening. I was like, "Whoa, what yeah. happened?" You know, uh, you, you get on the phone. The gay pride parade wants to talk to you. You know, I was supposed to be the grand marshal for the gay pride parade, and uh, they were upset that I agreed with that particular bit of information. You know, you that, know, that, there's that no nuance engine. on Twitter. You know, there's no nuance no. when it comes to posting anything on social media, and if they looked at at your background and what you have stood for and the fact that, okay, this is an opinion I have, but I stand with you. It's this idea of cutting people's heads off. You know, I, I always say, you know, free speech, it's the left and the right that abuse our first amendment, but the left oh, yeah. with this constant being offended by proxy just, you know, being crybaby. Come on, people. You know, there. it's again that idea of, of interpreting things uh, one way, and that's the only way, but it's not the only way. And you never get the right to Very explain. True. And, and also looking at the whole picture and not hyper-analyzing one little spot without looking at the entire situation. Right. So there was, I'd say it was an attempt to cancel me, right. uh, it didn't work out well because uh, I pushed back with an open letter on on my Facebook page, which got as much coverage as the attempted cancellation. And, and you spoke and to I them said, personally too. Yes, and I said, "Really? I was a grand marshal of the. Right. <laughs> I suppose I said I've stood with you guys shoulder to shoulder. I've represented. I've championed you, and I disagreed with one 
yeah, one, one time, yeah. And I'm dead. I'm dead to right. you now. I said, you know, and, and I just said, this is not a good look. Right. It's not this good is not a good at look. All. Yeah. We, we need you need support from a wider group of people than just your core right. group. You need people who are a little more moderate, but still believe you you in your rights right. and stand with you and, and sing humanity, with you. And, yeah. Yeah. I said, you know, we can't be so just reject people because they don't see exactly eye to eye. I say, who? Name a person. Well, actually, it looks like you and, you and me agree eye to eye. It's very right. unusual that you could say, I agree with every single person, this, every single thing this person stands right. for. That's very unusual. Right. If you can count that 90%, all right, pretty good. We can, we can have right. it, you know? Uh, but, you know, just the idea that one And thing, they cut you, you, you off. Go. You're yeah, cut yeah. off. You, um, I want to talk to you about banning drag. You essentially were doing drag for years. And before, you know, this was, has become such a lightning rod. Why do you think they're, I mean, they're picking on fucking drag queens. Look, if you go to, in the earliest days of Twisted Sister, we, um, before Sus BS, before Suzette, um, we were wearing women's right. clothing. We'd go to a women's shop and get something. And of course, it was very funny because we were looking to get a reaction and we were getting it. But it was very visceral and it was very uh, homophobic. Yes. And it was very, it was very like if people were picking fights with me because I was a fag. Right. You know, and, and you know, it, it, so it was, it was very, so they were, it was triggering to people. I know, I know clearly we have not come that far. Well, we've seen with the Trump, since Trump came into office, the people slithering out from under rocks. Right. Uh, what's going on in, in Florida uh, right now? Uh, you know, some of the some of the trades learned during slavery. Oh my God! Were, were beneficial. I mean, that this is even coming out of people's mouths shows that we have not come. We thought we had a black president. Well, yeah, we're, I did. I totally them. thought. Yeah, same. No, thing. no, 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 no. So anyway, it's still there. This homophobia is great, and they get shut down and pushed back because the most of us do not stand with those people, right. and we're keep we pushed them back. But they're getting a chance to open their big fat mouths, and and they're as homophobic as ever and as threatened as ever. Right. And it's because they're dumb. I'm sorry, but they're dumb. Well, because they're feeling, you know, you know we go to France, and I told yeah. you about that. And there's, there's a lot of homoerotic hazing. Right. There's a lot of homoerotic behavior in hazing. A lot of beatings and dressing and dressing the guys up as as women and. And, and, and a lot of this weird, you know, you see in a lot of sports, there's a lot of homoerotic right. behavior going on out there in the world. And I think uh, guys feel very, uh, well, threatened. They're, they're, they feel uncomfortable their with their own is feelings. And what they do is they lash out right. violently uh, at homosexuals to, to, to prove that they're masculine right. and that they're not, you know, they have no homosexual tendencies, you know? Me, my wife always says, you, you're, <laughs> says you're, you got a lot of woman in you. The two of us, she's, she's got a lot of dude in yeah. her, and I got a lot of woman. You know, and we sort of, uh, you know, but that's a healthier way to be, by the you way. You know, I, be in touch with your feminine side. Yeah, guys. I agree. I, I mean, it is such a good time for this book, Frats, because, I mean, it, talk, it deals with toxic masculinity, uh, the pressures of being male in today's society. Um, you know, I feel like, and I'm, you know, I have two sons, 
and they're straight and, you know, grew up with moms. Um, and they're very, they're very self-assured in their masculinity. They grew up around so many different kinds of people, but this, the pressure now, I talk to a lot of, you know, other parents and they say that boys are in a really bad situation now. And this book is just the perfect frats. It really speaks to what's, you're really on the pulse all the fucking time. But you know, it's, it's a sad thing about that, Judy, is this is set in the 70s yeah. when I was growing up, but it's still going right. on. Do you see what's going on in Michigan, that uh, that hazing thing? One of the colleges, yeah. insane hazing. And, and the guy said he was being dry humped by, a, uh, by another man as part of his hazing ritual. Uh, you know, I mean, like, it's, it's so sad that we think we've come so right. far, yet there's a lot, so much work to do. And just in fairness to coming so far, yes, a couple hundred years ago, we were slaughtering each other right. in the fields. So we, it's, we have made improvements, but man, it's, it's, it seems incremental. It's, it, the, the funny, the thing about the fact that this takes place in the 70s, and it just reminds me of the fact that you get on Twitter now or whatever, Instagram, whatever. And, you know, the issues of today, there's so many uh, videos of George Carlin and Richard Pryor that speak to exactly what's going on now. Like when George Floyd was murdered, the number seven download on Spotify that week was a Richard Pryor bit about the cops. I mean, we have not changed uh, in fact, we've gotten worse because now we have these platforms and everyone has a fucking soapbox. So, you know, this is a cautionary tale right here, frats. Um, yeah, it is. And, 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 and for those reading it, so, uh, it, you know, it's about these high school fraternities or gangs. Yeah. Uh, I was not in high school fraternity. Uh, when you read the book, I am one of the brats. I was one of the outcast guys sitting in the lunchroom observing and trying not to get my ass kicked by the fraternities. Right. Uh, so, um, but I was a great observer and it was a unique moment in time. And it was a story that I felt uh, that I needed to share. Uh, so, yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, people, like I said, they're, well, it's the seventies. No, this hate right. stuff is still going right. on. The stupidity and the, and you know, the, 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 the macho bravado and chest, pumping and you yeah. think it's all gone no it's not it's still it's closeted right it's more closeted in many ways but it's still going on and it's people feel stop feeling threatened just be who you the yeah. fuck you are you know i love my liquid iv that i drink liquid iv pretty much every day and i love it because it keeps me hydrated I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know I've been bragging about Ben, my son Ben, who plays basketball. His team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade, 
I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the, the uh, lemon ginger is beyond beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at liquidiv.com. You're welcome! I want to know when is the graphic novel coming out and what's the name of it? So the graphic novel is called He's Not Going to Take It. It's on Z2 Comics. It was supposed to come out this month. I was supposed to be at Comic-Con, yeah. but it got delayed. It's coming out next month. Um, oh, my God. You're but, just, you know, you're killing it. Yeah. I, well, you know, I was always doing new things, you know. But, uh, but Z, uh, Z2, they do Beethoven. Right. Melissa Etheridge. Yes, yes. They do like. They, they take a, you know, a, an adult turn on these subjects in a graphic novel comic book form, which is great. It's about 102 pages. But I, it was, for me, it was eye-opening for me because I never connected the dots right. of how I became that. As those, those lines came together and that moment in time, right. how I became that voice at that time. Right. And I was there to stand up at that time. And the answer is people kept telling me to shut up. Right. My whole life, from my dad, from everybody, it was sort of like, know your place, shut up, stay in your lane, and finally just got tired of shutting up. And rock and roll gave me that microphone, finally it was in my hands, and I didn't, I could yell louder than everybody else in the room and get everybody's attention, and I haven't shut up since. And thank God for that. Um, you're such an inspiration, and, and, and I believe in reinventing yourself. I believe in this career, you cannot, as you said, rest on your laurels unless you're Billy Joel. And, um, you know, you have to reinvent yourself all the time and you have, your writing is fantastic. Your music is fantastic. You're, you're, I, I, I think you're awesome. I really am so, I'm so proud that acting's getting better too. I've been acting. I was actually supposed to do a movie with Adam Sandler and Ben Affleck, but it's been pushed back because of uh, a strike. I'm directing a movie. Uh, my first movie. I, um, and I'm not doing this. I say, look what I'm doing. I, I because you couldn't live with yourself. You can do things too. Stop thinking about saying, oh, I'm going to write a book one day. I'm going to write a screenplay one day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Stop saying I'm going to and just start doing it. The feeling and just know this. All they come out of it is a pile of pages on a desktop and say, and you're going to look at it though and you're going to feel so good that instead of just saying you're going to do it, you actually did it. And I've had a, uh, I've had plays. Uh, plays. I had a play. You were on a Broadway. Musical I wrote, produced. Yeah. 
I've been on Broadway. I've had screenplays, but I've got a lot of other ones stacked up that didn't get sold, but I still had to write them. I wanted to write them, and I'm proud that I did it. I wrote it. It matters, to me at least. Um, you recently made a statement about streaming music um, and how negatively it has affected the incomes of uh, musicians. Uh, Do you think we're we're up for another strike here? Because, you know, it's really getting ridiculous, this income inequality. They should, but the, the, we, the music, music community should right. strike. But... It's not, you've got the, the musicians in the band are musicians' union, and the singers are not in the musicians' union. We're in the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, we're AFTRA, uh, SAG AFTRA now. Um, so, uh, so we, you know, they've never been a, a strike of bands. Right. They've never stood up. Same with comedians, back. yeah. Yeah. So I don't think we're organized enough, centralized enough, like the, like the actors are, to pull it off. But if, you know, you know, there was a, in my Twitter feed, I posted or reposted, I should say, Vernon Reed of Living Color, amazing guitar player and band. Uh, he posted a breakdown of what actually the different outlets like Spotify, yeah, YouTube, yeah. they're paying. And that was, a, and people don't see those things. And for people, actually, I never saw it. I just know I get shit. Right. But, uh, but I'm looking at it and going, oh my God. And when you put it into, all right, a million streams, on YouTube, and we all go to YouTube, is $970. It's fucking crazy. My residuals are shit. I got one for one penny. I just received one for one cent from Madam Secretary on CBS. And you're telling me the head of CBS isn't a billionaire. You know, one oh, one cent. Yeah. yeah. I, I've got a few of those checks yeah. myself. They're hysterical. Uh, you put them, you don't even yeah, you want to just take a picture of them and frame I'm hoping them. that one penny drives them yeah. crazy. <laughs> it costs more to, to mail the fucking check. Um, D, I, I asked my podcast guests two questions before I end this wonderful, I just, I could talk to you all day. Um, number one. Well, yes, I mean, before you do, let me just say, thank you for oh my God. reading. Thank you for researching. Thank you for taking the time. I mean, you know, most of the time it's, Whatever. I uh, get it. That's why I do the podcast. Go that, to go that far. You went above and beyond, and I, and I thank oh my you God. for your kind words. Thank you. While you was while you were singing my accolades, I was getting chills. I was going, "That's really nice." No, that's, but I, that's why I know, do this podcast because I have had so many shitty interviews, and I'm like, "Did don't ask me how I got into comedy and if women have it harder." Like, shut the redo your fucking. And I find your. I mean. It was just, a, it was incredible when, when I, you're just, I'm, I can't even, it's just like, you're such a, a, a complete person with so many dimensions. And it's, it was, I mean, I just loved, I loved it. It was such a journey for me. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. So one of the two questions. Sorry, no, like, I love you for you. that. Um, number for one, being... what do you do for your mental health? We're a pro mental health podcast. What do I do for mental health? Workout. Yeah, same. Exercise. Yeah. So um, I remember, I remember there was a time where I stopped for some reason. It was in the late eighties, whatever reason it was. I stopped and I started getting these migraine yeah. headaches. I never had migraine headaches and it was coming out of the neck and it was just pain. And, um, anyway, long story short, when I went to the doctors and it was like, what changed? I stopped exercising. And by the way, people, it's not, not it doesn't have to be over the top, you know, like a, you don't want to be a gym rat. Right. You know, Jim, just some get out. Exercise. You know, get out, get some sun, and whatever. Move. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Yeah, and move. So that's 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 really what I do. Um, also, you you're very creative. So I think that the fact that you practice writing and you you do all this shit to because you don't want to put out a shitty product is admirable as well. There's a lot of venting yeah. in writing. I think for sure. You know, writing the writing my memoirs was a lot. Of, it was. Do you write handwrite or yeah. do you computer write? So one of my things, my my father uh, oddly was. I think you might want to hit the bell on this. He typed. He he was a typist. Oh, wow. <laughs> and when he went to, he has a great great story of of um of of going over to Korea and they needed a typist for the uh, to work in the office and he thought, great, I'm getting off the front line, only to find out that the typist was the assistant machine gunner, the most dangerous <laughs> job. <laughs> so he so he suddenly forgot how to type. But he said it'll come in handy for you. So I took typing yeah, me classes. Too. And and um and as a matter of fact, I came in handy. I used to type my girlfriend Suzette's paper, uh, her term That's papers so and stuff funny. for school. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I'm, I'm just. Isn't it I'm funny so when fast. you watch these kids and they didn't take typing class and they're just typing with one finger? Frantically, yeah. they're pretty, And I'm like Q R Q W E R A S D F J K. I mean, like it's yeah. It's yeah, a good skill I, it's to, to have. not look at it. So so my handwriting's become worse yeah. and worse and worse because I just you know I'm just good on the keyboard. Okay. That's number one. Number two, I call the podcast Kill Me Now because everything gets on my fucking nerves. So what pisses you off? It could be anything. What fucking makes you so angry? And it could be like the most minute thing in the entire world, but what makes you crazy? I always go with the first thing that flashes in my head, and there are a number of things. People who aren't handicapped who park oh, in handicapped Oh, fuck that shit. I fucking I, hate that. I curse them. I see them pull up in their Corvette and get out and just, you know, yeah, they act you like know, they're Johnny so, yeah. Bravo go, and I go, may you get an illness. I, <laughs> I, I, if there's a God in heaven, you will need that parking spot one day for real. And you, and I hope I, someone's I'm, I'm in horrible, it. I'm horrible. You die an awful death. <laughs> I, I've got no mercy. I love and, that. Uh, yeah, you know, because, you know, my mom and my dad, and, you know, they went and, and so many people who need those I know. spots. You really, fucking selfish really, prick. Yeah. You know, I Thank once you. said something about that because, you know, when you get on a flight and they're like, anyone who needs extra help, and there's people who you're like, all right. So, Are sprinting yeah. to the gate. And they're sprinting. like, I got so much shit. That there are handicaps that you can't see and disorders that you can't. And I'm like, look, I get it. But if you can run on the fucking plane, you can wait in line for five minutes with everyone else. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Um, yeah. No, they, they, those people. Yeah. Now everyone can write to me what a fucking cunt I am. Okay. Um, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please, everyone get frats, but also read D's autobiography um, and the new graphic novel and um, check everything out uh, <laughs> on you. my, you know, Insta, whatever the social fucking shit. Um, but I can't thank you enough. You are, you're just, you're the greatest. Feelings mutual. Oh. So when you come, so so when you come to, we, me and my wife, always going. What, what, where do you work in LA? Because I'm out. In LA. Oh, I don't. I usually work at the the comedy store, but I haven't been there in a while. But let me know when you go. My wife and I go there frequently. Okay, we're regular. I would love that. We're regular to the comedy store, and I, I would love to come down to catch right. the set. I comedy is people. It's so important. What, what you guys do, and I know you guys. My son was a comedian for a while until he got over his depression. Right. Then he stopped doing right. it because <laughs> it, it comes from a dark place, unfortunately. It really does. But you are, to, to go out and laugh 
and my wife said, we got to, like, this started during COVID. We got to, and, and, and then Trump, you know, got to laugh, you know, and, 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 uh, and going and watching so many of you guys struggling with the censorship right. and, the, and, and what you can and can't say. But I love that so many of you are pushing. Oh, back. absolutely. Whether it's qualified with, hey, fuck you, I'm going to say this, right. you don't like it, go out, the and truth. out of here now. Yeah, we're telling but, the truth. But you know what? Yeah. This is, we got to push back. And, and, and um, so people go out and support comedians. You'll that you'll be glad you did because you'll come back smiling. Yeah. Just like going to a rock. That's show. right. Come out feeling better because you laughed. Right. You sang. You just jumped around. You enjoyed yourself and you went yeah. home. So let me know when you're in town because we always I would come love down to that. the shop. I would love that. All right. All right. Break a leg with Take everything. Care. You're the best. Thank All you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to part two of my conversation with the one and only D. Snyder. How great was that? Wasn't that great? It's like, you know, you come from two different worlds, and yet there's so much to talk about, so much in common, and uh, I love him. Oh, I wanted to, of course, say that uh, Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling, marketing, everything, scheduling, everything else, done by the one and only Brittany Jo Sowards, Richmond. I uh, am currently in Sweden, uh, but I'm back next week. So you can come see me next week on uh, October 5th. This Oh, I'm doing a sisterhood in uh, Bedford, New York. A sisterhood for Sheree uh, uh, Tefilla, because I'm a Jew. And then I'm off to P-Town October 9th through the 14th. The 15th, I'm in Stanford at the Israel Cancer Research Fund. And then come see me in Fort Lauderdale on the 28th. And come see me in Pottstown, Pennsylvania on the 28th. Oh, no, I'm in Sunshine Cathedral on the 21st. And, and on the 28th, uh, Soul Jewels inside Sunnybrook in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. And then, uh, I mean, I got stuff going on. I got stuff going on, and um, I'm going to be at, just to plan ahead, November 11th, the Marcus JCC of Atlanta, and then I'm getting my knee replaced, knee replaced, yeah. But anyway, you know, I'll be talking about all that uh, next week when I get back, so thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to everyone who came to my show uh, in Arlington and told me they listened to my podcast. That made me so happy. And I was in synagogue for Yom Kippur and a very, very smart person told me they love my podcast. So that made me feel really good, even though I'm not supposed to be focusing on myself, but whatever. (laughs) You know what? It's all about me. So anyway, uh, be well. Thank you again so much. Uh, Happy, healthy new year to all the Jews. And as we always say, so long.